and welcome to the Weather of the Mind podcast. I'm your host, Doug Krish. Happy, as always, to be with you. It's great to be here. And today's show is about places and their stewards. Stewards and places. Places and stewards. So I want you to think about a a local cafe, pizza place, a local bar, a barber shop, workplace, job place, spaces, places. I want you to think about one of these places that feels really uh, encouraging and comforting and, and positive. And I want you to think, is there a steward? Is there someone who kind of manages this place, who makes this space work? So today I'm going to talk about two stewards. One, one of a, a famous American steward, and one, an up-and-coming local all, all-star steward. Okay, so our famous historical steward is Aldo Leopold. Aldo Leopold is a, a true American giant in the environmental movement. He was born in Iowa and lived 1887 to 1949, so a lot of his most important work went on in the 19-teens, 20s, 30s, and 40s. He, I thought of him for this podcast because I was playing around with the word steward in my head and thinking about famous stewards, and he used the term environmental stewardship, that we have to shift our relationship to the environment from one that is exploitive to one that is aware of our interconnectedness to not separate ourselves from nature. He had a notion of a land ethic. So land ethic, he says, any sort of conversation of ethics, you know, ethics, like the idea of how to live a good, just life, any notion of ethics had to be rooted in an understanding of your, that you were interconnected to a larger group of people. But he said the land ethic must expand this. Our interconnection is not just other people. Our ethics must include all that we're interconnected with, which is the waters, which is the streams, the mountains, the hawks, the rodents, the snakes, the puma. You know, we have to develop this ethic in our lives. So I like to think about stewardship and space and ethic today. The book that Aldo Leopold is famous for is called Assand County Almanac. And Assand County is a county in Wisconsin where Aldo Leopold spent much of his later years. He would study fastidiously the ecosystem, walking around and taking notes and observations, understanding how this system functioned, how all the interactions occurred. His notion of interconnectedness is really fundamental. Interconnectedness, place, steward. Interconnectedness, place, and steward. The steward is is the manager, the facilitator, the overseer. It's a very important role. Humans can think of themselves as the consumers of nature, or we can think of ourselves as the managers, the stewards of nature. And 
what Aldo Leopold was said is if we're aware of our relationship, that we, we, we are made of water, we depend on water, we are interconnected with water, we must care about water. This was his notion of a land ethic. So when we think about land ethic, I'm playing around with the notion of a social ethic or an emotional ethic. And when I've, I try to, I want to highlight in this show some, stu, some local stewards because I think their work is very important and very insightful. And on today's show, I want to feature my friend Scott Rougeau, who is an exceptional steward in his role as a bartender at the local sports bar. I mean, any job is just a job unless you take that pride and you take it to the next level. And Scott is someone who takes it to the next level and brings this energy of a steward. When he's there, when he's when he's on, when he's working, he encourages and cares and connects and just sets a nice uh, ambiance that's really uh, supportive and encouraging to community in that space. So it's it's a place that is uh, positive and recharging for me and others. And I just wanted to make this connection between stewardship so we start thinking about places in our lives. Um, and we could think about nature places and we could think about a local cafe because both are important. Both require exceptional stewardship. So let's jump into this clip where I talk, uh, have a conversation with Scott and we talk a little bit about the sports bar and I also ask him just some other questions about what he thinks about emotional health and just trying to get some of his wisdom down and share it with you guys. Okay, here we go. Scott, welcome to the show. I want you to tell me about your relationship to this place because you seem like you're having a great time and... You seem like you really curate the space, so I'm just curious to hear about some of your thoughts on that experience. Thanks. Um, the bar's like home away from home, you know what I mean? Um, and I like to treat everyone that comes in, I like to treat it like it's their home away from home too, you know? Um, like Everyone's dealing with a lot of stuff outside of those, those walls. And then come in there and like totally escape from it and just relax, you know, hang out with their friends, unwind, like watch the game, not watch the game, just listen to music, you know, shoot darts, pool, just hang out, you know? Mm -hmm. What do you think about, I've often thought of it in some ways, it has, it's the most random bar in some ways in Ithaca. It's so random. Well, why is that? Um... That's a good question. I think, I think it's really just the community. Like, I can't say when it started, but there's just been such a cultivation of just like really good people that come in there. Our regulars are like the most solid people around, and they're so unique. Like each one of them, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's really, it's 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 special. I think, because um, I don't think it's the beers everyone's serving. You know blue blue light and yingling all over town and stuff you know there's mm-hmm. you know what 50 bars in town yeah people looking for them um 
I just feel like it's it's the the atmosphere adds a lot. Like you can come in and just really like cut loose. You don't have to worry about anything. You know. I wonder how much it has to do with sports because I've often thought one of the coolest things about appreciating sports is it allows uh, allows me to connect with a lot of people very quickly because we're very people who like sports we're passionate about yeah, sports yeah. Yeah. so the fact that you walk into Joe's and there's you know a few screens playing a few sports you know if you it allows you to kind of just jump in and I don't know there's something something very democratic about sports and that some seems to kind of relate to uh, to the bar what's funny is um, I, I agree with what you said but there's also people that come down who know nothing mm -hmm. about sports at all and they just see like some people rooting for a team or a player and then they decide how they're going to interact with them by either rooting for the same team <laughs> or rooting against it having nothing invested in, in any of the teams you know yeah. what I mean um, so I think it's more I think people can use sports as the icebreaker you know what I mean if they learn to like fall in love with the sport in the meantime, like that's one thing. You know, if they become true fans or whatever. But I feel like um, it's really just a conversation starter, an icebreaker for people. You know. How do you deal with? And now, I mean, how do you deal on an emotional level with people who drink too much consistently? Um, it's tough. Like. Because I know a few, you know, more than a few. And, um, you know, there's that, there's that conflict going on that, you know, you're, you know, they're a customer in the bar, you know what I mean? Like, you want to make sure you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing as a bartender. Um, but you also, like, that's a, that's a, you know, a, true friend or family member you know what I mean like when it gets down to it you know someone that you spend 12 hours you know plus a week with mm -hmm. you know like that's yeah you know um yeah not counting you, sleep my significant other probably sees me less than that you know that's an interesting way to think about it a regular at the at the bar you might see for 12 hours over that week easily wow you know yeah so I think I, I just you know that sometimes people are going through hard things you know what I mean mm -hmm. um and you want the best for them, you know, and like each case is different, but you know, you, you do small things, you know, you just keep, you know, reinforcing that you're there, you know, if they need to talk about anything or, you know, like here, have a, you know, have a water in between sort of thing. Like if you know, if you can tell they're, they come in in a bad mood and they're going to, you know, mm -hmm. tie one on. It's like, all right, well, we're going to pump the brakes as much as possible. Like we know we're, we're going downhill, so let's, you know stretch it out so that it's not a sudden crash sort of thing you know yeah. it's like but be there for them too you know because they I've never I, I'm not one to go to like even before I was a bartender like go to a bar by myself you know what I mean mm -hmm. like there's a lot of people that go to bars by themselves and just strike up conversations or something um, and I would say like you know part of that's entertainment you know part of that's just like camaraderie or whatever but there's a a large portion of people that do that to like tell their story or like unload their day or something you know mm -hmm. it's like um, maybe they don't necessarily have the support system where they can you know call up a friend or a loved one or go over to somebody's house or like meet out for a cup of coffee or something or you know 
glass of wine or beer somewhere, but they can if they go to the bar and then, you know, that's part of the gig. That's what you sign up for, right? Yeah. You're man of the people. Yeah, I mean, uh, different bartending gigs can be so different. I mean, vastly sure. different. You could be in a very loud environment where you're just, uh, you know, mechanically do 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 pumping yeah, out. Been there. That's you know, and you and you might make more money because this is a different volume. But certainly at the sports bar, it's there's a lot of opportunity for conversation yeah. and uh, sometimes not as much as we'd like, you know. But yeah, in between the sports, yeah. One question I like to ask people who come on the show is how would you how would you define emotional health? So emotional health to me is being aware of your emotions, being able to pinpoint how you're feeling when um, and take those emotions in instead of like suppress them or anything you know what I mean like mm-hmm. like accept that and I think part of like we talked earlier a little bit about the um, acting classes that I took mm-hmm. like the Meisner technique at AWI and um, that um, that class really like like that I think it was the second or third semester they were like alright now we're it's you know we want to see you angry you know and like so many people had problems expressing anger um, because it's not like socially acceptable you know what I mean like there were a lot of people there who were you could things were happening to make them angry and they wouldn't be angry but they'd be smiling they'd be angry yeah. but they'd be smiling through it and it's like the realization that that's how a lot of us walk through life day to day you know what I mean it's yeah. like oh no um, and it definitely takes some like retraining to move away from that so in summary you say you define emotional health as being uh, being aware and accepting, absolutely. aware and accepting, absolutely, because they're all emotions. like emotions um, are natural. You're supposed to be feeling like it's whether it's appropriate to feel that way is almost not an issue. You know what I mean? Because you feel that way, that feeling's real. You're yeah. feeling it. You know what I mean? Whether it makes sense that something made you feel that way you know what I mean or if it's something else that's another issue but like you can't deny that if a feeling like a true emotion it exists you know how would you assess the emotional health of our culture now you could talk about any level you want the culture of uh, our our city our city of Ithaca the culture of uh, our country uh, the culture I think across the board it all needs work right I but, mean, but, what, what do you th- how do we start working on that <laughs> <laughs> how long is this show I don't like what do you mean um, based on your observations so one reason why I like to have um, I, think, I think being open to talk about it you know what I mean like it's it's treated very taboo like it's it's more more um, talked about now than I can remember it yeah. being we'll move on but it's first. still uh, a a tough issue for people to talk to um, part of that's like being able to talk to the right people part of it's probably like just what they're going through you know it's but it, I think it's important to be available or people like like resources be available and like well known and um, and available for people just so that they can you know get whatever they need
Well, I'm feeling pretty inspired. Thank you to stewards like Aldo Leopold and his land ethic and Scott Rougeau and his social ethic for reminding us that we are interconnected and for inspiring and embodying that spirit. So your assignment for this week, if you choose to accept it, is to reflect upon some spaces, stewards, and interconnectedness. How do you act as a steward and in what spaces are you a steward? How do you appreciate stewards? And what are the stewards in your life who are doing an exceptional job? I hope this has been an inspiring podcast for you. It's been, it's given me a a really a lot to think about. It was a really rich week of reflecting on these topics. And I've enjoyed working on this one. And I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Keep positive. Keep living and learning. Let's keep on improving one week at a time. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you.